Welcome to Real Black Irish in this Forum Podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about boxing, right? We're going to talk about the sweet science. I was listening to black media today, right? Black boxing media. And I learned that there would not be a Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury Part 3, right? It won't be a trilogy. And I really couldn't listen to the particulars. I didn't understand something about... Deontay's contract expired and Tyson Fury is going to move on and um, I, I didn't get the particulars but the most important thing I gathered was that there was no fight that's all I pretty much needed to hear and um, the fight's supposed to be in December and the last I heard Deontay right just recently fired his trainer like last week sometime So there's two great channels on YouTube Right And I definitely want to shout these guys out Because I check out all that content Right You got Blue Blood Sports And then you got Barbershop Conversations Right Good Black Media Boxing channels There's a third though I like Deontay's Nation too Right and Deontay is not It looks like he was um, He was campaigning For Wilder But he kind of took his foot off the gas But I've noticed that Blue Blood and Barbershop Conversations They're still on the hunt They are strong champions of Deontay Wilder one of the biggest myths, right, is that black Americans don't support each other. That's a myth. We support each other in every single facet of life. I don't care if you are the weed man. I don't care if you are the bootleg man. I don't care if you're the plumber. You're a carpenter. You got your own uh, mechanic shop. Uh, you got your own restaurant, barbershop, rib shack. White linen cloth restaurant It doesn't matter We support Our own To the furthest extent That's a big rumor And Sometimes the support Right When you're from a certain time period You support things The way you see it From a certain time period Right So I'm going to take you back If you came up in the 60s or the 70s there was a stigma about being tough About being a black American man And being tough And the stigma with that is that You got to be like One of the biggest suckers on the planet In the state In the city In the neighborhood On the block If You get your lunch handed to you by a white boy That's like That gotta be a no no because you're instinctively born to believe that physically you're stronger than him, you're more athletic than him, and there's no way little Timmy and little Jeremy should beat you in a fight. It just shouldn't happen. This comes out of a certain generation, the 60s and 70s, right? That's the standard. The strongest man on two feet 
is the original man. It's the black man, right? This is embedded in you. Now, this idea took shape into professional sports. There's nothing that somebody should be able to do to you in a combat sport. If you're an original man, you should never lose to a so-called white man. It should just never happen. It should just never happen. This is on the underground. This is on the grassroots level. It should never happen, right? Let's fast forward a little bit because we went through the Mike Tyson era and we went through the Floyd Mayweather era and America is looking for the great white hope because they haven't seen a great white hope in sports since Larry Bird was dribbling in basketball, right? Now, in my estimate, there was a guy that played ball in Texas, in Dallas. He was a maverick. His name is Dirk Dravinsky. He was better than Bird. But Dirk wasn't American white. See, that's a different type of white. They want you to be American white to support you. But let me get back to the story though, right? Sports have always championed the I'm from the hood athlete. Because something about I'm from the hood athlete that you can sell the rags to riches story and there's nothing more uh, what's the word, right? There's, I don't want to say entertaining, but there's nothing more heartwarming. Let me say that. There's nothing more heartwarming to see a young black male coming out the inner city, hard life, projects and or ghetto, and he signs a professional sports deal. He gets the microphone. He's six foot or he's six three or he's six six or he's seven foot. And he said... I want to thank my mama for helping me make it to this place, right? That's like that's like a beautiful thing to see. But I'm I'm going to get back to combat sports. Matter of fact, let me just jump right back into combat sports. Athletes, black American athletes, make money from being out of the hood. It's this he's tough story. And he had to overcome these obstacle stories. So they build you up. So this is the Mike Tyson story. This is the Floyd Mayweather Jr. story. This is the Hagler story. This is the Muhammad Ali story, right? Young kid coming out the Midwest. This is the George Foreman story. This is everybody's story, right? Modest means... Millionaire fighter, tough from the streets, changed my family's life. That makes a good American story, right? The whole time that these black fighters are fighting and doing their thing and being tough, this was shown globally. And what black fighters did was they motivated other fighters from all around the world that don't look like them. They didn't know they was going to have this impact, but they had this impact. Now, 
let's go back to combat sports. Two of the greatest trainers that I ever seen was a guy from my city. His name is Emmanuel Stewart, who's no longer here. Peace be upon him. And Floyd Mayweather Sr. Right? Just a coincidence, both of these guys are from Michigan, right? Just a coincidence. Great fighters. Now, since Emmanuel Stewart is no longer with us, the greatest trainer on two feet is Floyd Mayweather Sr., hands down. Right? He 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 did it with De La Hoya. He did it with his own son. And you got to imagine the pressure of a father training his own son. Right? You got to think about that pressure because there's no... Um, how can I say it? There's no surprise to me that Floyd Mayweather Jr. is a great defensive fighter. Because... If you look at the dynamics, right? You got a black mother that loves you. You got a father that was a boxer. He's taking Junior to the boxing gym. The first thing that you're going to have to teach Junior, because your mom is all over your dad, because she don't really want you boxing anyway. So to convince your mom that it's okay for your son to fight, when you get him in the boxing gym, the first thing you got to teach Junior is how to defend himself. Because that's the dynamic. I know that would happen in my home. If my pops wanted to take me to the boxing gym, my mom, who spends most of her time going to Bible studies and going to the church house and all of this, the first thing she's going to be concerned about is what would happen if I take a punch? So the first thing you got to sell mom is Junior knows how to defend himself And that's going to keep her at ease And okay with you boxing This is why Floyd Mayweather In my estimate Always been a great defensive boxer Because you got to win over mom Floyd Mayweather Sr Best trainer i ever seen Now I'm going to bring it all back for a circle Deontay Wilder has been marketed to black America and the rest of the world as the mean green fighting machine. This is how he's been marketed to us. And everybody who stood in front of him, he knocked out. That's a good thing, but that's a bad thing. The good thing is, everybody that stood in front of him, he knocked down or he knocked out. The bad thing was, they stood in front of him to do that. On the street level, there was a guy out of Miami. His name was Kimbo Slice. Mean, green, Fighting machine Right Kimbo Slice Was knocking guys out On the street And Deontay Wilder Mean green Fighting machine was knocking guys out In a professional Arena In every arena around the world Right The great Black Hope 
from poverty to penthouse, right? The dark skinned dreams of black America. It's a coincidence to some, but not to me, that when Kenbo Slice, peace be upon him because he's no longer here either, he had trouble with the so called white man when it came to combat sports. Because unlike the black fighters that Kimbo Slice fought, they just didn't stand in front of him and let him punch him out. They moved around. They had good lungs, so they didn't get tired. And the first time I seen Kimbo lose was to a so-called white man. He just didn't stand in front of Kimbo. And then the second time I seen him lose, it was to another white man. It started to become a pattern that he can knock you out if you stood in front of him. But in professional sports and combat sports, when you meet a fighter with true talent, he's not going to stand in front of you anymore. So even though Kimbo is no longer with us, I'm not paying to see him fight a guy that's not going to stand in front of him because he can't beat the guy that don't want to stand in front of him. Well, when Kimbo was reigning, Deontay was reigning. And Deontay and Kimbo's story is similar because... There's a so-called white man that's fighting Deontay Wilder. His name is Tyson Fury. He's not just going to stand in front of Deontay. So guess what? Deontay can't beat him either. I listen to Blue Blood Sports. And I listen to Barbershop Conversations. And sometimes I'm not sure if they seen the same 19 rounds the rest of the world seen I'm not sure if they seen it because I didn't see it when I seen Deontay fight a man that just wasn't going to stand in front of him and let him swing for the fences I mean we literally watched Deontay Wilder's career where he swung uncontrollably all the time in a wild fashion and we knew one day he wasn't going to get away with that with a fighter. And now we get a chance to see the fighter that that wild swinging motion doesn't work on. And we can't accept it. And the reason we can't accept it is because Fury is a so-called white man. That's the problem. It's not that he had something inside of his gloves and he had an object and, you know, all of these stories is coming up. And when Deontay lost, I mean, he had every excuse in the book why he lost. I mean, the suit was too heavy and he trained too much and his leg was hurting. And I mean, I just the stories go on and on and on. Now, you know, the latest story is that, you know, Tyson Fury had an object in his glove. Well, let's just say Tyson Fury did have an object in his glove. And let's just say that Deontay Wilder had dynamite in both hands. If both of those fighters had objects in their glove, it wouldn't have mattered to Tyson Fury because you know why? He could move out the way. Don't matter what Deontay got in his gloves, he's not going to hit the kid. 
We've seen it 19 rounds straight. And he fought a guy the first 12 rounds that was out of shape, hadn't been in boxing in a while, was overweight. And the guy took two of his biggest, cleanest punches in the last round. Deontay hit Tyson with a left and a right in the 12th round. And the out of shape kid got up after taking your best and finishing the round out. That was a bad sign for me. I knew right then, if there's a part two to this, that kid, the mean green fighting machine act is over. Everybody needs to cash in now. Because <laughs> it's over. It was like me watching Michael Jordan all over again. When Michael Jordan went to the Eastern Conference Finals and he played the Orlando Magic and he was out of basketball shape and he still did pretty good. Any reasonable man at White Sports say, well, hell, once he get his basketball legs under him, these guys won't have a chance. And guess what? When Mike came back, they didn't have a chance. Deontay don't have a chance. And I understand when you're from the 60s and the 70s, you're taught that you can't lose to this guy because you're tougher than him and you're better than him and not him. He could move out the way. You, Deontay Wilder, look good when you're fighting a man that's standing right in front of you and you can swing that wild right that we all waiting to see and we know that we're going to see and hit him. Just like Kimbo Slice did. Kimbo Slice looked it good when he hit the guy that stood right in front of him. But when you start getting guys that's moving around, because the competition level is going up, and can move their head and get out of the way, that guy don't look as good anymore. The best thing that could have happened to Deontay Wilder is they called off the fight. We already seen the 19 rounds. We already seen the 19 rounds. He could punch like a mule. He can't get out the way of any punch. Every jab Tyson threw, it could it like he couldn't get out the way. He looks athletic, but the footwork is just not there. And you can't fix that footwork in just a few months. So the greatest trainer, going back to Floyd Mayweather Sr., the greatest trainer on two feet that's still alive said when he seen Deontay, he was trash. And I don't know, in his words, this is what Floyd Mayweather Sr. is saying. I don't know if that can be fixed in a few months because it was just too bad. I'm not sure what Barbershop Conversations and Blue Blood is looking at when they seen these 19 rounds. I'm just curious to hear these guys talking about the 19 rounds. Because Dante, Boxing Nation, he was talking about the glove. And I just kept thinking to myself, hell, I don't care if he put five weights in each glove. If you got good defense, he ain't going to hit you with the gloves anyway. We're talking about greatness, right? Who was that when Ali was fighting? Peace be upon him, right? Muhammad Ali. And he was fighting, was it Sonny Liston? He was fighting and he got something in his eyes and for like around he was blind. He couldn't even see. Even even in his, even though Ali couldn't even see, 
He had enough defense, he can make it through the round. He didn't get hit with it. He couldn't even see a nigga hit everything. Deontay can see it. He can't get out the way. We can't make excuses for him, man. We can't make excuses for Deontay, man. It, it, the jig is up. The jig, the jig is up, man. I'm not saying this because I'm from Detroit. I'm not saying this because I used to stay off Joy Road and I could throw a rock and hit the old crunk gym. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, I got scared in the game because I'm from the city and I used to live on the same block as Crunk Gym and nah, that's not why I'm saying that. The kid can get out the way. And when we're looking at Deontay Wilder, he is a more professional version of Kimbo Slice. That's the only way I can put it. He's the professional Kimbo Slice. And as long as you stand in front of Kimbo Slice, he can knock you out. But if you're moving, it's not happening. And let, let me say this too. I want to say this before we close out the conversation. Kimbo Slice was such an electrifying fighter, street fighter, that he set a trend that lives today. He was such a great street fighter that they used to film his fights and put them all over the internet. And what happened? The youth transformed that energy. And now every time someone is fighting in the streets, they pull their phones out. There was nobody recording street fights until Kimbo Slice started that whole movement. He was just that electrifying. But if you not standing in front of him, like Deontay Wilder, it's not that electrifying anymore. Peace out, family. Thank you guys so much for listening, man. I just want to Give my take on it, man. Until next time, I get it with you guys later, man. This is Big VJ. Peace.